This is actually like a legitimate question. How long do you think it would take us to get laughed out of a, a studio pitch for trying to pitch one of these ridiculous theories that we've made up <laughs> over the year? Presumptuous of you to think that we would make it in the door. <laughs> All I got to do is make it to the lobby and they're like, you don't, you don't belong here. <laughs> I'm like the lost stray dog that wandered onto the Fox Studios lot. <laughs> I think if we just didn't name drop the movie that we were parodying, I think we'd be okay. <laughs> I feel like... Us going to pitch a movie, it would go a little something like me when I walk into like a name brand luxury department store, <laughs> and and they they would come up to me and like you know that face that like when someone's talking down to you they like look at you like do you need some help? <laughs> yeah, I do, but that's unrelated. I'm gonna shop at this name and Marcus. Especially when we get halfway through the the pitch and we're like, yeah, so then Matthew McConaughey goes to the moon and fights Elon Musk with corn, and they're like, did you? Do you need someone? Do you need to talk to somebody? Picture this, Bass Pro Shop Pyramid, and then they just, like, text me a link to BetterHelp. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hello there. Welcome to Stir the Plot, a podcast where we watch the first and last scenes of a movie and then make up whatever happens in between. My name is Brady King. My name is Derek Voltz. My name is Colton Hart, and just like Rhea the Magic Dragon, I show up unannounced with little warning, make a few TikToks, and expect to be world famous. <laughs> hey, and I'm Tyler. Is that movie out? Yes. yes. <laughs> Disney made this multi-million dollar show or movie, and it's like, oh yeah, hey, here's the thing. I guess I'm just not its target demographic anymore, it, which is, that's a sad <laughs> fact in and of itself, that I'm just not the target audience for Disney Pixar movies at all. It made $8 million its opening weekend. Mickey Mouse blows his nose with $8 million. I just feel like there was no marketing for it. And here's the thing, if you held... A gun to my head. I could not name three things about Raya the Magic Dragon. Not Raya the Magic Dragon. Ryan the Last Dragon. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what is? That? I don't even know what it's called. Ryan the Big Red Dog. <laughs> Ryan the Big Blue House. <laughs> Does this fall into the Godzilla franchise? <laughs> Kong versus Godzilla versus Raya versus the Last Dragon. <laughs> Planet of versus Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Rise of the Planet of the Dawn of Rhea and the Last Dragon. (laughs) If you are just now joining our podcast, uh, this is it. This is our endgame. Are we sure? No, not even a little bit. I was going to say, we're on episode 24. Do you want want this to be our endgame? This is our endgame in that it might end me. This might be (laughs) the end of my existence. No, if you're just joining the podcast, we are in part five of our five-part series. This is it, boys. This is it. After today, I don't have to say the word where, dear, again. I don't have to talk about Twilight. Until we eventually put it on merch. Until we put it Mm. on merch. I find I find myself repeating a lot of things that I've already said in previous episodes, <laughs> but it's because after I shut my computer from like recording this series, I, it's just like a mind wipe. <laughs> I, I try to like uh, dig through my now smooth brain to try to like <laughs> forget everything that we've come up with. And yet somehow, like a, a worm from hell, it burrows its way into my subconscious to where all I can think of now is uh, the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid holding a secret society of <laughs> mythical creature hunters. <laughs> I I literally like listened to it this morning and I was like, wait, what? Wait, what? Like, <laughs> I think since we're five episodes into our five part series, 
it's worth a brief recap, but if I'm being honest, if you're just now jumping on this like moving train that's headed straight for a cliff, go back and and just listen to the first few episodes. We you don't need And we're us. not pulling the e-brake. We're going like Yeah, we're just we're full throttle. We're full steam ahead. Derek, one last time. Do you want to give us the briefest most bare bones recap that you possibly can? If I don't get a purple heart after this, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I'll need an Olive Garden discount at least. <laughs> the, the two sides of the same coin. The Purple Heart and Olive Garden discount. Anyways. <clears throat> Bella Swan is a were-deer. What that means, she can turn into a deer and she has deer powers. She is being hunted down by the hunters. And there's also a new, uh, a new, a new faction of people that are looking for her. Uh, these three men. Hold on, just just wait. It gets wild. It gets real wild. I've got tears welling up in my eyes. The fact that I have to describe this. <laughs> these three men um, are the guardians of Steve Irwin's essence. Who uh, Steve Irwin, as we all know in this universe, is a primordial being from which all mythical creatures um, were birthed. Uh, along with uh, the evil half of him known as Alice in this world, who is also the leader of the hunters, who is also hunting down Bella so that she can gain the power of the were-deer and rewrite, rewrite reality uh, to be whatever she wants it to be. Oh, my God. Is that it? Hey, rest, weary traveler. <laughs> lay, lay your I'm head glad down. you got a nap in today, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, uh, I think if any one of us like starts to become famous... They're going to like call us in the office and they're just going to play like this audio and be like, yeah, I understand. I'll see myself out. Yeah. <laughs> like this, like this is the reason I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> you nailed every aspect of this interview, but I do have one question. What is your relationship to Steve Irwin? <laughs> no, I'm flashbacks. It has been great working here. Uh, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of laughs, but I have to go. Oh, you found it. <laughs> So here we go. This is Breaking Dawn Part 2. We've done them all. We've done New Moon, Eclipse, the other one, Breaking Dawn Part 1. And here we are at the finish line about to cross. The way this podcast works is we are not legally allowed to play movie audio. So what we've done is recreated the scene in screenplay format. Colton is going to be reading for us. And Derek and I are going to be playing a couple different characters Colton, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. With that, take it away. We open on a close-up of Bella's eyes. They're blood red, searching the room around her, focusing on the tiniest details. The scratches on the floor, the condensation on a cup, the fabric of the carpet, and finally, Edward. He extends a hand out to her. You're so beautiful. He lifts Bella's head to meet his gaze. We're the same temperature now. The two walk to a nearby mirror. Bella looks at herself, now pale with blood-red eyes. She smiles at Edward and pulls him forcefully into a hug. Her grip is incredibly strong. Uh, hey, Bella, you're a lot stronger than me right now. He winces at the strength of her grip. It's your turn not to break me. I love you. I love you too. The two kiss. Bella pulls away with a shock expression. Renesmee! She's incredible. 
Where is she? I need to see her. Bella's voice catches. She lifts a hand up to feel her throat. <laughs> you need to get your thirst under control. <laughs> 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 This is the worst thing you could ever say to he's another a, human. He's like, girl, you thirsty. <laughs> Edward, don't talk to your wife like this. You need, to, <laughs> you need to get your thirst under control. Stephanie Myers, don't why, have to do it. Why, why do I imagine that phrase on like a camo shirt in pink print that's sold <laughs> at like a Cabela's? It just says you need to get your thirst under control. Well, sold at the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid. Sold at the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid. <laughs> right. You need to get your thirst under control first. You need to hunt. You need to hunt. <laughs> All right, so there's an unfortunate amount to unpack here. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay, I guys, I'm so sorry, but before we get started, so through this podcast, I've somehow ended up on Twilight TikTok. Uh-huh. Um, and I've come across a scene that's in this movie, and normally I would just, you know, forget about it. Um, but Derek, mm-hmm. I need you to explain to me with your Christian mouth. To my Christian ears, I need you to explain something to me with this 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 line from this movie, from Bella to Jacob. You imprinted on my daughter. <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew you were gonna talk about. I knew you were gonna. So there's a thing that werewolves do in um in the, in the Twilight universe. Mm-hmm. I've got FBI on st- on speed dial at this point. <laughs> no, I mean you should. Um, where when they imprint on someone, uh, that is then their soulmate. That's not better. <laughs> no, it gets worse. I'm on a watch list just for being on this podcast. <laughs> Jacob imprints on Renezme like fresh out of the womb. It's a it's addressed in the movie for sure. A couple of times and then it isn't <laughs> and somewhere a screenwriter said yep that'll work <laughs> that'll do it so All right. back to the plot of this movie i in my mind i think that this is like the aftermath of the wedding something has gone down that has imbued bella with power well they're vamp she's a vampire now they're the same temperature i was i was thinking more that that was like a covid reference <laughs> just to like really just to really like ground the franchise we, in today's today's uh, setting. Oh, they, they were both fully vaccinated right we did forget <laughs> to mention that this whole this whole franchise everybody's been six feet apart yeah it's been weird for like chemistry <laughs> yeah kissing gets really interesting from yeah, and you should have seen the love scenes in Breaking Dawn Part <laughs> One. It was it was different. Yeah. So what did go down at the wedding? I think that's the that's important. So I think that uh we never see what actually happened in full. I think we're given like little brief uh, flashbacks. Bits of and it. pieces. Yeah. 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 So like what if uh we like see shots of Jacob sprinting to the for- through the forest, but the whole time Caius, Arrow, and Marcus are tracking him. Because 
he knows where the venue's at. And so they're following him to get Alice's location. And so she's mid ritual drawing this essence out of Bella and then boom, they attack. Alice is like almost done. She is like the last little bit of energy is about to like slip into her body and she's about to become, you know, untouchable. The attack happens. Arrow, Caius, and Marcus know that she now has the other half of Steve Irwin's essence inside of her. They right. kidnap her mid-ritual. The ritual stops. And it forms this being known as Renesmee. Like the leftover power <laughs> that didn't go into Alice has nowhere to has nowhere to go. This horrible impish creature known as Renesmee. <laughs> I mean, if you've seen the movie, that's not too far off. <laughs> so now, now we've got a Logan plot archetype where yeah. they're stuck with this kid that they don't one. <laughs> right. Well, it's like in Bella's like quote unquote dying moments, she she feels an attachment towards it, you know, because it, it you know, it basically it came from her. Gotcha. And so she's like, "Oh, this is basically like, this is my child now." So now Alice has been kidnapped by the trio who yeah. take her back to the lair and begin the extraction process on her. So now, yeah. the bad guy has become victim to the bigger bad. Well, cuz mm. also in the last episode, we kind of tossed around the idea of Arrowkais and Marcus being like her her creations. So now mm-hmm. it's a creation turning against creator scenario. We got a Frankenstein's monster on the loose. They've become more powerful than her, right? And so the, yeah. I think it's up to Bella, Edward, and Renesme to go save, not necessarily save Alice, but stop whatever's happening there. Because mm-hmm. if this trio gains access to the rest of Alice's power, they will be like powerful enough to destroy the entire world. Yeah. Well, and, right. and don't forget about my boy, Jacob. Yeah. And of course, Jacob. Don't leave out. Right. Because it's also like if Air, like if Arrow, and Marcus extract all of the power out of Alice, they still won't be as powerful as they could be because Renesme exists. Right. Mm. And so they're after They got to get her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess there's only one way we're going to figure out where the final chapter ends, and that is to read. Not doing the podcast? (laughs) Ending the podcast right here. Good night, everybody. Goodbye. Wind howls over a snowy tundra where two opposing armies confront each other. On one side, Bella and Edward stand with a dozen others, along with several giant wolves. On the other side, Arho, Caius, and Marcus lead a legion of robed figures ready for battle. Alice stands with them, waiting for someone. Both armies watch in silence as two people step into the center of the battlefield. A man and woman make their way toward Aro, dressed in tribal Brazilian clothing. As they arrive, Alice turns to address Aro. I've been searching for witnesses of my own, among the Takuna tribes of Brazil. Caius cuts her off. We have enough witnesses. Let him speak. The man, Newell, addresses the crowd. I am half human, half vampire. A vampire seduced my mother, who died giving birth to me. My aunt Huylen raised me as her own. I made her immortal. Bella calls out to him. How old are you? A hundred and fifty years. At what age did you reach maturity? I became full-grown seven years after my birth. I have not aged since then. And your diet? Blood? Human food, I can survive on either. These children are much like us. 
Regardless, the Cullens have been consorting with werewolves, our natural enemies. Aro lays a hand on Caius' shoulder, shaking his head. Dear ones, there is no danger here. We will not fight today. One by one, the robed figures turn to leave, sprinting into the nearby forest at breakneck speed. Aro turns to give Edward and Bella one last look. Such a prize. Two of the vampires sprint angrily after them. We have them on the run. Now is the time to attack. You're all fools. The Vulturi might be gone, but they will never forget what happened here. The rest of the group laugh, happy that the threat of war is over. We cut to a sunny forest where Edward, Bella, and Alice say their goodbyes to the rest of the group. Edward keeps his eyes focused on a young girl, saying goodbye to Huylan and Newell. As he watches, Jacob walks to his side. She's going to be around for a long time, isn't she? Jesus, I forgot about that one. (laughs) (laughs) A very long time. I'm glad she has you. The girl smiles at Edward. So, should I start calling you dad? No. (laughs) Jacob laughs. The girl runs to Edward and gives him a huge hug. Bella approaches with a smile on her face. Yeah, we're all going to be together now. From a distance, Alice watches the cheerful group. She sees a vision of them, years in the future. Happy. Edward gives her a knowing smile. The two nod to each other. We cut to an open field full of purple flowers. Edward and Bella holding each other, smiling. I want to show you something. What? Bella closes her eyes and passes on a vision to him of them meeting for the first time, spending time together, and finally becoming married. It's beautiful, yet uncomfortably long, especially for a single podcast episode. (laughs) As the vision ends, Edward looks shocked. How did you do that? I've been practicing, and now you know. Nobody's ever loved anyone as much as I love you. With one exception. The two make out for a while. A very long while. Forever? Forever. (laughs) The camera dollies out as the two continue kissing. And kissing. And kissing. And oh my, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, cut to black, fade to black. (laughs) Why did I feel like I was reading like dirty, like smutty fan fiction about ourselves? (laughs) (laughs) It's because we've been having to voice these characters. Yeah. (laughs) I feel, I feel a personal connection to. Sometimes I get a little too method. Sorry, boys. (laughs) So I in last episode we talked that Steve Irwin and Alice those weren't their actual names those are just what they're called now. Oh my god! Yes. So I feel like I know yes. exactly where I know Do exactly it. where you're going. Yeah. So I feel like Naywell is Alice or Steve Irwin just split apart from them. So you think Naywell and Huylen are just Steve Irwin and Alice reincarnated? <laughs> Not reincarnated, but like stripped of their power. It's like, their original, their original, form. their original yeah, 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 alien yeah, yeah, yeah. forms. Yes. Also, I love when Nawal shows up and Bella calls out to him. It's almost like she's heckling him. How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you eat? <laughs> you didn't even go here. So 
Alice is being held uh-huh. uh, by the trio mm-hmm. and they're stripping her of her power. And as they're they're performing this ritual that there's a lot of rituals going on in this franchise. Uh, the Christian mom Facebook groups are not going to be thrilled about this. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, you thought the runes in WandaVision were bad. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, you thought the fact that Wanda, you, th- you thought the fact that Wanda was reading from literally like what was called the Book of the Damned. <laughs> like, you thought the whitewashing of Vision was bad. Just get ready the for this whitewashing. Movie. <laughs> they made they made vision into a white man. <laughs> so as they're removing this power from Alice, uh, the gang is coming up with a plan to interrupt this ritual and release that energy back into the wild for the first time. And the way I think they're going to be able to do it is by gaining access to Alice's brass pro shop wallet <laughs> that she's been using to harness power <laughs> and destroying it. <laughs> So they've got to take it. They've got to take it back along with the receipt of original purchase. <laughs> and trapped inside of the wallet are the two original forms of Steve Irwin and Alice Naywell and Whelan. <laughs> As shoppers are going around just trying to buy, you know, camping gear, <laughs> suddenly a flash of so, lightning and two human beings are standing. Yeah, suddenly in traditional like a huge Brazilian shirt. tribal gear, everything becomes fifty percent off. <laughs> I f- I feel I feel like there is a there's a scene where they go into Alice's mind <laughs> and she has a she converses with her her former self. Right. That's how she turns over to the side of good. Right. And she like uh, she like lets them know where she's being kept. And there was like there was going to be this whole fight that was going to happen. So what if we what if we split the group in two? So like a few of them go to confront Arokaios and Marcus, and there's this like enormous battle that ensues. Oh, meanwhile, the rest of them are at <laughs> the original Bath Pro Shop pyramid or whatever, right? Breaking the wallet. So I think one thing we have to establish is how Arokaios and Marcus got an army. Ah, <laughs> and I think. What happens is they use Alice to corrupt a bunch. They use Alice's new powers to corrupt a bunch of mythical creatures into joining their ranks. Yeah. And that's why the other side is full of like werewolves and and vampires. Because like all the other magical creatures are banning together to fight Arrow and Caius and Marcus. Yeah. I, okay. I'm, I'm tracking with that. Um, (laughs) so they're at the pyramid uh, they break open the wallet, uh, and they are brought into a, a pocket dimension. <laughs> you know how I love pocket dimensions on this podcast. Brought about by where they have like Bella's grandmother. So what if, like, in a heroic sacrifice, she uses like the last of her energy <gasps> to transport them all into this pocket dimension? That's where they find Naywell and Whelan. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. After they break in the like, the wallet, the wallet chain is no longer binding them. Right. Now oh, they can, now they can get out. They're, they're free to be interplanar. They can travel <laughs> through dimensions at will. Right. So <laughs> Bella's grandmother uses the last of her power to keep keep the portal open long enough for them to go inside, find Naywell and Wheel, and bring them back into the real world uh, before the the interior of like the the wallet dimension is destroyed. Where is mm. the wallet dimension on the D and D planar chart? <laughs> right above hell <laughs> so uh 
They they go and grab them. They bring them back. Uh, Bella's grandmother <laughs> realizes that she, the only way that she will be able to close the portal without any sort of like collateral damage to anyone else is to sacrifice herself. Mm. For some reason, I don't know. They don't ever explain it. Um, it really was just because it was getting too expensive to keep Judy Dench on set because Judy Dench is who plays. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and and Bella's last words to her grandma, I the the guys who made this podcast never actually even gave you a name. She says she says my name is Old Deuteronomy, and she goes <laughs> into she disappears <laughs> into the ether. <laughs> and then Edward says. Oh well, there never was there ever a cat so. This podcast is for three there's people. Scene, there's a scene we didn't mention while everybody's celebrating, where Bella turns and looks, and uh, her grandmother's dimension ghost is sitting there smiling, <laughs> along with wait. Aiden Christensen. Wait, 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 wait! Y'all are gonna hate me. You're gonna hate me. What if they bring back more than just Naywell and Whelan? <laughs> A group that they that <laughs> that they uh, they recruit to help them in the fight against Arrow, Caius, and Marcus, and the rest of the mythical creatures are in fact the cast of cats. <laughs> what I know these are the this is the road less traveled. I would pay any amount of money to watch cats James Corden do karate. Oh my! <laughs> Bustopher Jones is. <laughs> Is going to absolutely demolish the Volturi. Um, and then sexy Taylor Swift cat is going to. Um, right. Well, there's only one power so corrupt and evil enough that it can, <laughs> that it can face the Volturi face to face. And it's the ma- and it's the magical Mr. Mistopheles. It's going to bring this IMDb rating down a couple notches, but we'll allow it. It's going to become a cult classic. Well, and they the Volturi, the Volturi. That's what they see when they say, we have no business in this fight. They, they're just like, no, we're out. It is. They were terrified of Naywell and Whelan, but not so much as James Corden. Giving, not as much as Bustopher Jones. <laughs> Jason Derulo's cat butt. Jason Derulo. <laughs> How are we going to explain the like little last scene that we got going on? So uh, everybody says their goodbyes. The world is saved once and for all. The cast of cats slither back into the dense holes from which they they came from. Oh yeah, no, there's there's like a scene where they all exercise the the cats from cats, <laughs> and uh, then we get this final touching last scene where uh, Bella and Edward fall in love and live happily ever after and kiss. <gasps> oh wait, so the field of flowers. Remember that's oh. where. Her grandmother's pocket dimension. Yes. Yep. I feel like there's a scene where the, where Grandma Old Deuteronomy um, <laughs> is able to open up the uh, open up the pocket dimension for them and give them one last like little moment one last of rest, moment of, of happiness <laughs> of like re- of like respite. Right. And they just kiss mm. <laughs> while Grandma while Grandma's like tucked away in the back like i'm not looking <laughs> yeah we're, while 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 grandma's being a voyeur <laughs> forever well grandma has to chaperone to make sure that they're maintaining social distancing standards <laughs> right 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 they're they're ki- they're kissing through pl- plexiglass right <laughs> <laughs> i guys i think we did it 
I can I say this, if nothing else, I feel closer as podcast hosts. Man, I feel like we survived something I, together. This is meant as no disrespect to any of our veterans that might be listening to this. I feel like this was our D Day. <laughs> this was war. If you're listening to this, do not try and go back and find all the holes in our plot plot holes that we that we did. Don't do it. Because we know they're there. <laughs> We're ignoring them. Just have fun for once. Can't we just can't we just have this one thing? I I just want to say the ser- this series of movies, the real actual like Twilight series. Bad. Mm. Just I'm acro- like across the board bad. And I think that I've moved on past my stage of like I hate Twilight because it's like, ugh, girls like Twilight. Like because it's like I wasn't really like that. Like y'all already know, I read all the books, and so I was like, I was all in on Twilight. But like now, as an adult that has a little bit more film experience, like I can just say full, like with my entire chest, this movie series is bad. Yeah, the saddest part about this entire franchise for me was what it did to Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, because now, now coming out of the other side of this, I've been watching like interviews and some of their other movies. They're fantastic. Yeah, like the fact that. Robert Pattinson could not play Batman without people saying like, oh, how is Edward Cullen going to play Batman? I, I'm I'm really glad that these movies didn't ruin their career. I'm, yeah. su- I'm so surprised that the two of them are still working today and actually like working successfully. Like, Well, because we said on this podcast, I think it was you, Derek, like when the Batman trailer dropped, like think like we all said like everyone deserves Robert Pattinson apology because like, oh, yeah, yeah it's like. Robert Pattinson is a critical darling. Like any movie that he's a part of critics are like going to eat up because they're just like, they love him. Yeah. Um, award shows don't seem to, but you know, those are not indicative <laughs> of real talent. Anyways. Um, we all know Derek's thoughts <laughs> on, on at least the golden globes. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that they're still working and I'm glad that they were able to kind of put twilight behind them, yeah. uh, which, society has not seemed to i mean we're still talking about it but sure yeah this movie series is a blight on the existence of american culture uh (laughs) and i would be glad that if it just uh disappeared forever (laughs) but i think at the end of the day it really all comes down to what we made did we create a better love story than twilight Oh, wow. Yeah, you remember that 2012 meme? What a meme that you've just created. (laughs) It is kind of like we started like just a big fruitcake of all our bad ideas that we've ever had. I've been I've been exhausted after recording a few times, like not exhausted, like I'm like, you know, whatever, but like mentally exhausted a few times after it, recording we, this. This series has required some pretty intense mental gymnastics. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I collapse on the floor after every episode. <laughs> Check on me if I make it home. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, like we've got something to be proud of. And if it's not this Oof. like monstrosity we've left behind us. It's it's the fact that we can move forward now together like as one. Truly a face only a mother could love. And <laughs> thank God I'm not the mother. <laughs> thank God we're fathers. <laughs> uh, please do not contact us at least for a month about Where Deer or Twilight. Um, and I honestly don't know the next time we'll do another series because this one's been... <laughs> 
Uh, we'll probably tackle the MCU at some point. I don't know. Maybe y'all better cough up that Patreon money if y'all want, <laughs> if y'all want us to take on the if, MCU. If you wanna, if you want us to go through the MCU movie by movie and including the TV shows, I need to be able to put a down payment on a house. That's what I need. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Everybody breathe. We did it. I'm proud of us. <sighs> Let's put it behind us and move on to our next segment oh man it's it's uh it's through the plot wait no oh my gosh (laughs) we're doing it again baby (laughs) rewind from the beginning (laughs) yeah now i'm interested to see if we can go back and start the original twilight again and perfect what we've already performed (laughs) knowing what we know now colton what colton what are we doing colton help me i'm lost (laughs) (laughs) uh it's uh it's shaken not stirred Welcome to a Shaken Not Stirred, part of the podcast where we take uh, a random popular movie or TV show and we pair it with a random movie genre and we create a whole new movie. So we get things like Lord of the Rings as a sports movie uh, or like Shrek as a documentary. It's real fun. It's a blast. And we have to improv whatever we get on the wheel. Let's do it. Yeah. Nightcrawler. Oh. Oh. F. Great movie, by the way. I Great love Great movie. I think I watched this with you, Brady. I loved it. Oh, Such a as, good movie. as a documentary, that isn't really. <laughs> <laughs> what well, is kind of a movie about making <laughs> documentary? So, actually, shout out to my friends Danny and Tori, who uh, went to go see this with me and my other friend Isaac when we were in college, uh, who did not know what this movie is about and legitimately thought it was a like Nightcrawler from X Men movie. <laughs> what? It was an X Men spinoff. <laughs> yeah, and they were they were very confused. Wait, wait. What if what if that's what we make this? Is it's Nightcrawler's origin story about Jake Gyllenhaal, this like sociopathic newscaster who comes in contact with like some sort of weird alien power and who also somehow turns to the faith. <laughs> I forgot that's a bit of X-Men canon. That's so weird. Wait, remember remember in the old X-Men 90s cartoon, he literally like converts Wolverine. What? Yeah, he I... like le- he like leads Wolverine in the sinner's prayer. Pause the podcast. Pause the podcast. I need to watch this right are now. Are we legit are we legitimately pausing? <laughs> yes. No, he's right. So all people are flawed and all struggle with their capacity for sin. None likes to be reminded of our shared human weakness. My appearance does not make it easy. Don't it make you crazy? It did once, but then I found peace by devoting my life to God. He directed me to this place where they value the character of my heart, not my appearance. What are you talking about? We're mutants. God gave up on us a long time ago. No, my friend. God does not give up on his children, human or mutant. He is there for us in our times of joy and to help us when we are in pain. If we let him. Don't there is a full four and a half minutes of Nightcrawler just proselytizing. <laughs> it's not just like a name drop. This man is delivering a sermon. Well, and it's like Wolverine is like going against... Like, he's like, God doesn't care about us. And he's like, no, he cares about all his children, human and mutant. I'm like, what is happening? Like, it's like an early 2000s faith debate. 
doesn't Nightcrawler say at a certain point, like, I devoted, like, or, like, I gave my life to Jesus? Yes! Yes, he does! <laughs> so Nightcrawler, as a documentary, you know that documentary Jesus Camp? Yes, yes. It's, it's this. <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what this is. Why, why was McGee and me the pinnacle of Christian pop culture? This is it, right here. <laughs> Yeah, Bible Man Who? <laughs> Could you imagine, you know, 10,000 10, years from now, whenever DC or whenever uh, Marvel does the X-Men, um, they, like, <laughs> they, like, have this scene again? Like, at the end of Endgame, the X-Men come to the portal just, to help Steve Rogers. It's Nightcrawler and talking. Nightcrawler's there, like... With Jesus on our side, you're never alone. And Steve is like, "What? <laughs> what are you talking about?" Well, I mean, if I mean, if the MCU is going in like the weird, like dark, magical, like <laughs> way that it's going, they might need Nightcrawler and Jesus. <laughs> oh my oh, gosh! Geez. I'm so I'm so done with this movie. Let's let's get another one. This well, is yeah, wild. Let's get a new oh one. Let's man. Uh, the Matrix. Okay. okay. <laughs> as, a, as a faith-based film. As a, faith-based as a cop drama. <laughs> okay. It's the cyber police. They have to go in and stop some sort of like cyber bullying. <laughs> they crack down on cyber bullying. Is that what she said? <laughs> Donald Trump has hired the cyber police. <laughs> To uncancel him, to, to get his <laughs> to Twitter their way through the Twitter matrix Twitter and uncancel his account. He said, the, "He said politics aside, I'd watch the crap out of this movie." He said, "Listen, the Twitter mob—they got me. They deleted my account. They're silencing free speech. They're censoring me. The former president of the United States—I have no voice, and I, I have no mouth, and I must scream." So here we go. It's Ben Shapiro and Tommy Lauren have to go oh my into God. the Twitterverse and uncanceled Trump's account. Hypothet- hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> and then, and like obviously, the big bad at the end is AOC. <laughs> or it's like... There's this huge, like, it's cyberpunk like, anime battle that they have to... They go through. I say this not, as no disrespect towards these women. It, it, it's like a hydra of AOC, Nancy Pelosi, and um, <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, they are like a King Ghidorah, <laughs> <laughs> and they have to fight. They have to fight. They have to fight the rad. It, they, it's the 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 final boss is literally called the Radical Left. <laughs> <laughs> this feels very like scary movie, disaster movie. Yes, oh but the thing is, this is also the movie that Gina Carano is making with Ben Shapiro. <laughs> That's where she went. That's where Kara Dude went. Oh man, if we were popular, we'd get some hate mail for sure. Come at us, Bring Twitter. It on. I don't. I don't care. Uh, American Psycho. <laughs> okay. <laughs> American Psycho is a parody movie. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's just raw footage of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> It's just Christian Bale's like mental state during the pandemic. It is a a parody of the making of American Idiot by Green Day. <laughs> so there's a band like literally called I don't know like Emerald Afternoon. 
<laughs> who TM 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 band name called it who is getting fed up with Bush era politics they go on a murder spree really upset about the Iraq war believe me in all my in all the eight-year-old angst I could muster at the time I was angry too Ooh, I was so mad. I said, now nah, hold on with just one minute. <laughs> I forgot that area of your life, Derek, where you were uh, one of the born berries. Derek didn't have the capacity for speech at AJ. No, I was I was so angry that like my rage uh my rage caused me not to be able to speak. I forget Derek was a feral goblin from age sixteen. <laughs> I was, I was in fact, a, I was in fact a feral child. Unfortunately, um, when, he, when he discovered Green Day for the first time was the first day he truly lived. I, I didn't know English until I listened to Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Um, I didn't know English, but I knew I didn't want to be an American idiot. <laughs> I didn't know English, but I knew there was something about that Iraq war that did not sit right with <laughs> that me. That didn't sit with me. I don't know. Pro- eight-year-old Derek probably thought there actually were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that took a detour. Um, yeah, this has so been a wild a- shake and not stirred. I think every once in a while it's okay that we shake up shake and not stirred. You know what I mean? <laughs> that we yeah. just derail yeah. this podcast. <laughs> we went from Nightcrawler proselytizing to Wolverine. To, to Ben Shapiro fighting <laughs> an AOC Hydra in the Twitterverse. <laughs> to uh, eight-year-old Derek being a feral child that believed like fa- uh, old like internet conspiracy theories about the Iraq War. Can you guess what <laughs> what political place that this podcast leans? Who's that conspiracy theory? <laughs> it's Antifa. <laughs> Oh. Can you point to the golden toilets of Saddam Hussein? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we've come to the end of the podcast. Uh, and the end of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we've come, to, we've come to our penultimate segment, Real Talk, where we give you some uh, just real quick recommendations on things you should be watching. Guys, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know if I have a real suggestion this week. I could probably pull something out of thin air real quick. But one thing I did want to mention that you should watch, there is a movie out right now called Minari. It is an A24 film. Yes. Um, Hmm. And the breakout star of this movie is a little boy named Alan Kim. And he won an an award uh, at the Critics' Choice Award for Best Young Actor. And he is... I believe like no older than 10. Yeah, this kid is freaking 8 years old. Holy yeah. Crap. He won he won an award uh at the Critics Choice Award la- uh, last night as of recording this for best young actor. He's 8 years old and he is giving his acceptance speech. And he is just saying like thank you so much to, you know, the people that gave me this award. And this little boy breaks down in tears. And is so happy Aww. that he won this award. That's so sweet. And he he Aww. he's literally like thanking his agent. He's thanking A24. And he ends it with saying, like, I hope that I'm in more movies soon. I love You that. see him pinch his little cheek and he says, Is this a dream? Please don't let this be a dream. Oh my gosh. I I watched that this morning and wept. I I am so happy for that little boy. 
We will watch your career with great interest, sir. <laughs> I it's so sweet. And I guess my my recommendation would just be go watch Minari. Like go go support this movie and like it, everyone that was involved with it. Like that that's that's going to be my suggestion. Go watch Minari. Nice. At 8 years old all I was doing was playing with Legos and protesting Iran Contra. <laughs> <laughs> so, my recommendation is one I actually just watched a couple nights ago. Um it's called The Dig. It's a it just came out pretty recently starring Ray Fiennes, uh Lily James and several other British bigwigs. It is a slow burn of a movie. I'm not going to lie. Um, but the premise is basically this woman finds like an archeological dig site on her property and invites this, uh, and invites this archeologist to come take part in the dig. Uh, and of course then the museum hears about it and the whole archeological Institute starts getting involved and, um, trying to elbow this dude out and, and take advantage of this woman in the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a very slow burn of a drama, but it's a really interesting look at the legacies that we choose to leave. It asks the question, like, are we doing things just for the sake of fame and immediate gratification? Or are we doing these things because we love them and, and want to better the world? Mm. Um, but uh, it, it's a really good one. So if you've got a couple hours, give the dig a watch. I, I really, really dug it. Ha ha. I get it. <laughs> Colton, what you got? Yeah, so um, I watched this fun little movie here recently called uh, Night is Short, Walk On Girl. It is a animated movie. It's um, <clears throat> a Japanese animated like romantic comedy. It's not like really my like normal like bread and butter, but it kind of popped up on um, it popped up on my HBO feed, and it is so freaking good. It's very very like. I mean, this like I, I think you'll understand what I'm saying. Like, it's very, very Japanese. Like, it's very odd and weird. Like, in like contrast to like American culture and American yeah. films, and it's just kind of about how like we're all kind of connected in the world. If you like overthink everything, you'll never do like anything. And so it's mm. about this little. It's about this college girl who's like walking through uh, the town, and there's a guy who like has loved her for a really long time, and he's like. I, I want to say following, not like following in a creepy way, but like trying to profess his love to her and just like the antics mm. and stuff that they get into um, is very cool. Very interesting. Um, and then other than yeah. that, I've been I started watching Twin Peaks. Oh, oh yeah. like old Twin Peaks, old Twin Peaks. Yeah. Have you guys ever watched it? Mm-hmm. Love that show. I watched the first episode a long time ago and it did not resonate with me at all. Mm, like mm. i i went into it knowing that it was like supposed to be a parody of like police procedurals and stuff right but like i was just like eh, whatever and then i recently rewatched the first episode again and i was like genuinely impressed with it i was like oh wait hold on why did i not yeah. like why was i not into this i and so like, i think i think i might be in the boat that you were in derek because I I'm interested in it. It's just so bizarre and weird. It's odd, and it's not. It's not even like like I, I told my girlfriend I was watching it, and she was like, "Yeah," and like she was kind of like, "Yeah," and it was made in the '90s, and I was like, "It's not even like the '90s. It's just like yeah, yep. It's just weird. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird. Da- it's, it's it's David Lynch. It's it's weird. 
it was it was definitely on my first watch a little tropey for my taste <clears throat> but then i i kind of realized like this is where like tropes originated from yeah twin peaks is is designated as like a horror movie or as a horror show and it's like kind of but not really oh well i was gonna say the ending of the first episode legitimately like unsettled me yeah legit like scared me i was like that i i was like i don't know if i can watch another like i was like i can't watch another episode of this right now like that like freaked me out oh also super random rabbit trail if you had to guess what adult comedy cartoon tv show david lynch guest starred in for four years which one would you guess that it would be what year or like what era yeah 2009 to 2013 that's gotta be family guy bob's burgers it's the cleveland brown show (laughs) wow well if you guys enjoyed the podcast feel free to reach out to us on instagram facebook or email us at stirtheplot at gmail.com If you've got like two minutes, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. It is a super helpful way that you can support the show and it makes us feel good inside. Mm. Yeah. Um, And also we've got a Patreon. So if you like what you're hearing and want to support us, help us pay for hosting and all costs associated with making this show and have the ability to do so financially, um, you can do that. Don't feel obligated. We love you all anyway. You are more than your... uh, than your contribution to this show. <laughs> to Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, thank you to 11 Acorn Lanes for the use of our theme song, Stay Electro Swing Remix. Derek, can I get can I get a review? You sure can. This is a, a review from Ethan uh, for, our, for, for a movie from 2013. And he, Ethan says... Why is Paul Dano so scary when he looks like someone who plays Quidditch in the playground at high school? <laughs> what? <laughs> He's got a wizard face. He does have a wizard oh face. Oh my gosh. Um there will be blood. Oh gosh. He's in Oh, oh, I'm going Swiss Army Man then. Swiss Army Man cuz he's in that Swiss, Ar- Swiss Army Man? Yeah. All right. You guys are never going to get these right. Unfortunately, you were both wrong. It is actually the 2013 uh, hit film 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Brady King. <laughs> my name is Derek Fultz. I'm Colton Hart. Hey, my name is Tyler. And if you see Sandra Bullock, give her a hug. And have Nightcrawler convert her to Christianity. <laughs> <laughs>